Okay. Are you all about ready to get into the Word? Okay. Well, I have one more public service announcement before we do. <laughs> Does everybody have a book? Because you get one book per family. Not one book per person, but one per family. And if you want more books, you need to go to Amazon and order them. I ask that every family have this because this is what we're going to be doing for the next 40 days. Uh, right off the bat, I have to tell you that I uh, told uh, I misspoke last week. And this isn't the first time I've ever misspoke, but, it'll, you know, it'll probably be the last time I ever misspeak. Um, I said that the uh, Passover, I mean, that Lent started on March 4th, but it actually started last Wednesday on February 26th. And so some people kind of had already jumped ahead because they knew we were trying to follow that calendar, but I was wrong. We're, we're doing ours March 4th to April 12th. It's 40 days, and it's, it's, we're starting this Wednesday, and I expect you to get a book. And here's the way this works. If you don't use this, if you don't do the fast, it won't mean anything to you. That, I think I found that to be true about most church things. If you don't really try to do it, it really doesn't, it's kind of boring. But if you really get into this, it could be life-changing. That's not an overstatement. It could be life-changing. Why do I know that? Because God's Word's life-changing, and that's what this is about. So here's the way this works. You've got, uh, in this book, you've got little numbers on pages like this. This is number one, so that would go on day number one. That's the devotional you'll read that day, and that morning you'll get up and read that, and then you'll say this little declaration here at the bottom over your life. We're going to be doing a lot of declarations in the next six weeks. We're going to have some today, and we're going to talk about why that's important, why confessions are important, and we're going to be doing that. But after you do that that day, then you flip back over here, and you go here, and there's more declarations. There's another whole 10 declarations in the back. You do one of these every day. You speak that over your life every day. And then you go back here, and there is a Bible reading every day. Hebrews chapter 4 is for the first, week, first day. You read the whole chapter. You meditate on it. This is, let me just say this. This is not just a negativity fast. It's not just trying not to cuss out your neighbor or something like that. It's not, that's part of it, but that's not enough. It's a feast on God's Word. This right here, this little book, will direct you towards feasting on God's Word. And that's the way that you overcome negativity is by blasting it with the truth of God's Word. And then lastly, in this, there's a way that you can record your daily steps and make sure that you're following along. Every family gets one. We're so excited. Y'all were a lot more enthusiastic earlier than you are right now. So It's okay. It's okay. You're not hurting my feelings. But I'm telling you this. If you do it, you won't be sorry you did it. It's not hokey. But whenever I start to talk about words, I get the feeling that some people trivialize it, and that's what they kind of think. They think it's these positive affirmations, and it's hokey. Like you're standing in the mirror telling yourself you're okay, you know, and that people like you. But I am telling you this, that words are powerful. They're powerful. You know why words are powerful? Because God created them to be powerful. When God created everything, he could have done it in any way he wanted to do it. He could have got cosmic dust and done like this and started creating the universe. He could have, he could have used um, some other means to, to create. He could have 
waved his hand or he could have carved it out with his finger, but he chose a particular way to create. And it says in Hebrews 11, it says in Genesis chapter 1, that everything that you see, everything in the universe was created by the power of his word. And now I don't know if you know this part, but whenever he was speaking things into existence, he made you the crown of creation. You, humans, you're the, you're the top of creation. You're, you're, the, you're the best of the best. You may not feel like that, but you are. God said, I'm going to make something in my image. He didn't say that about anything else he ever made. Nothing else on the face of the earth that was created was made in God's image. And so because he's made us in his image, he said, I'm going to make this creation in my image. I'm going to put some of me inside of them. It says in Ecclesiastes, he puts actual eternity in our heart. So guess what? His words create, and now our words create. We have authority. He said, I want you to go and subdue the earth. Walk in, in dominion over all of creation because you're the crown of creation. You're the best of the best. And I'm going to give you my word of authority so that you can rule and reign and you can create your own world by the things that you speak, just like I do. That's what God says. I'm paraphrasing. But you know, for years, we trivialized this. Just like the little video I just showed. And parents lie to their kids all the time. I don't know. You've probably lied to your kids. I have mine. You know, your little kid comes home from school, and somebody's bullying him. And what do you say? Sticks and st beat him up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only, in this, only in this church. So. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Lie. What a lie. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but the bones can mend. But I'll tell you this, the wounds that are caused in the spirit and the soul of people because of reckless words and mean words sometimes never get healed. Sometimes people live for years with the damage and the curses that people speak over their lives. But words are powerful because God made us that way. And so we're going to watch another short video, and uh, this one's kind of interesting because it's, it's done by Ikea, who's the furniture giant, and they, they were trying to make a statement about bullying, kids bullying other kids. And so they took two plants from their store, and they put it in a school, and then they recorded messages, and they put them over each plant, and they let it do that for 30 days, and, uh, and you get to see the results. Um, up on the screen, I don't know if you noticed it in the video, where um, it said, because plants have the same senses as humans. Did anybody see that? I, I don't think that's the conclusion of what they did here. I don't think that's the, uh, the teaching that you get from this experiment. I think the teaching you get from this experiment is this is, this is how powerful human words are. Human words spoken over anything change it. Your words affect matter. You may think this is solid as a rock. It's made of atoms. It's made of the same structure that you're made of. We're all made of atoms. There's all this movement. There's all this energy. There's all this movement inside of everything we see. And God has created our words in such a way that our words actually affect things that we would call inanimate. It even affects things that all around us. It, it's, it's so powerful what words can do. And I think we kind of know this. I think as humans, we kind of know it. 
But I don't know that we realize the power of it. If we did, we probably would speak differently. You know, in, in so many families, people speak negatively to their children and their children end up looking like this instead of thriving. So many husbands speak to their wives in a negative manner and constantly are trying to fix them or teach them or change them or control them, and pretty soon they look like this instead of thriving. So many wives that speak to their husbands with non-affirming words and words of cutting them down, trying to motivate their husband to be better or be smarter or be, make more money or whatever, they do this and they end up actually destroying the very thing that they're trying to build up. Our words have so much power, and it's not silliness. It's not silly words of affirmation. It's powerful declarations that can change things in our world. You know, our health. People that are negative about their health all the time. It's a proven fact that people that are always negative about their health, always griping about health, they die so much sooner than people that don't. You know, I, I don't know if you believe this, but I believe that you can speak curses over your car. Oscar's not in here. He shared a story with me about that very thing. But I've seen it happen in my own life. You know, this is the worst car ever, and, you know, it's not going to start. And guess what? It doesn't start. You've spoken it. And I'm telling you, you have power over your word. Your, your words have power. When I was first born again, I was, remember, I was so broke, I was begin tithing and trusting God for my income. And I was driving home from work, and I lived over by Emerald Boulevard. And I was driving home from work one day, and I had this car, this Vega and it started to make this terrible noise, and I thought, oh, my goodness, my car's about to blow up. I don't have any money. And I just sat there, and I, I just was driving down the road, and I didn't know anything about any of this. I didn't know anything other than, God, I'm trusting you with my life, and I began to speak words over my car about, about how the car, you could heal my car, God, heal my car, heal my car, and before I got home, the thing quit making the noise and never made it again. I believe in power of words, and I believe that we can do to our own life what they did to this plant. I can tell you this, if you're constantly talking about your boss being a crummy guy or you're talking about where you work being an awful job or you hate your coworkers, I can guarantee you you're not thriving in your job. You must learn to bridle your tongue. You must learn that you have authority, so much authority that God put it in his word that death and life, death and life, are in the power of the tongue. I mean, we saw that with the plants. You think it's true with humans? I know it's true. And every time I, I look at that, you know, I, I, because I guess I'm human, I, I tend to have a tendency to go to the negative side, and I think about all the death that I can cause, all the destruction I can cause with my tongue. But here's what God said to me this week. He said, Daryl, this is a gift. This isn't a curse. This is a gift. You of all creation have the authority, have the ability to begin to speak and change your life. You have the ability to begin to speak over your life and change the course of your life. That's a gift. If we could learn to bridle our tongue, if we could just choose the words that would move us forward instead of choosing words that destroy our life. There's all kinds of examples in Scripture. I love this one a lot. It's, it's awesome. And don't get hung up in the gender here. 
But it, it says in Proverbs 14 that a woman's family is held together by her wisdom. And it can be destroyed by her foolishness. Now, it's not just a woman thing. It's a man thing, too. He's talking about the power of your tongue. I don't know if you know this, but wisdom is spoken. Foolishness is spoken. And people can literally destroy their home because of their foolish speech, because they don't pay attention. They speak out of emotion. They speak from impulse. They're hurt, so they want to hurt. And so many times we destroy our families. We pull them completely apart because we don't know what we're saying. We, we, we don't know the power of it. And God says that we have the ability to change the way we speak and hold our families together by speaking wisdom. Speaking words that heal and don't wound. You know, whenever somebody's having a tough day, instead of piling on, you affirm. So many husbands that get beat up at their job all day long and, and, and belittled and looked over by the boss and so many things are happening and they come home and, and having a wife that actually destroys them with her words rather than affirm him with her words. That, that man is going to escape out of that. It's going to destroy the family. It's going to tear it apart, not hold it together. You know, we can speak foolishly, and we need to speak with wisdom. And I'll tell you what wisdom is. It's not silly affirmations. Wisdom is not just, you know, knowing clever things to say. The definition of wisdom to me is speaking the truth that's in God's word and affirming that over the life of the people that are around you. Because this word is the true word, and when we speak in unison with this word over others around us, we're going to see them thrive. God's word is loaded with all kinds of affirmations. God's word is loaded with all kinds of things that challenge us with truth. Yet because we don't know the word and we don't study the word, we're defenseless. Our words end up being foolish instead of wise because the wisdom of the word is what we need in our heart so that we can say things that actually build our life up, that will actually hold our life together. We must know God's word. And the other half of that equation is you must hear God's voice because it's not just the written word. God said, Jesus said, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We don't just live by every word that he said. We live by every word that he's saying. That's how it works. The wisdom that comes from God, it, it, it's the wisdom he speaks to us, the wisdom that confirms this, the pages of this book, the words that enlighten us in the pages of this book. And so the wisdom can grow in our heart, and we can begin to speak wise words instead of foolish words. Words that build instead of destroy. And pretty soon we can begin to turn our life around. I can tell you this. I've learned from experience. And I've seen it a number of times in being a pastor. People speak ugly words and they think it's not really destroying anything. But ugly words that are spoken is just like chopping a tree at the root. You may not see the damage the first day or the first week or even the first month. But I tell you this, if you keep saying foolish words and you keep chopping at the tree, pretty soon you're going to have a dead tree. 
You're going to have a dead relationship. You're going to have a dead marriage. You're going to have a dead relationship with your child. You're going to have a dead something because that's the way it works. Your words create worlds. Yeah, you may not see it in two weeks, but you're going to see it over a period of time. He goes on and says in the word that the right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. That we have a gift from God that is so priceless. I mean, you can buy your wife all kinds of expensive gifts and diamond necklaces and expensive watches, and there's nothing more precious than you becoming a man that speaks wise words in the time of need. A man that speaks wisdom instead of foolishness. A man that puts uh, God's word out there instead of his own silly words. A man that can actually put a fire out instead of putting gasoline on the fire. That's what our spouse needs. And it's more precious than anything we could ever buy them to speak positive words from God's word. So this negativity fast, it's not about just stop thinking negative thoughts, stop saying negative words. That's hard enough. But it's actually the biggest emphasis is on a feast of God's word. Because there's nothing that's going to help us to turn the corner in the area of our words more than God's word being inside of our heart. It's just the way God works. He pushes out the ugly with the good. You have to have this come in so the other can go out. As long as you're just sitting there trying to be, not be negative or not be ugly in your words and you're not putting things in, it's going to be just an effort in your willpower and you're going to fail. But if you give it over to God and you begin to let him infuse you with his word, his spoken word, his written word, you will get on top of it and you can see a change in your life. So we'll be reading lots and lots of confessions in the next six weeks. Lots and lots of declarations. I believe in declarations. I believe in confession. I believe in, in, uh, in, the, in the power of them. They're not silliness. They're not silly affirmations. They're powerful. They're going to be written by all different kinds of people. This one happens to be written by Keith and Megan Province, uh, but we're going to have declarations written by all kinds of people. Here's the thing that's the same about all the declarations. They're all based in the Word of God. All these declarations are the Word of God, and all they've done is they've read Romans 12.2, Philippians 4.8, 2 Corinthians 10.5, and then they wrote this declaration by what those verses spoke to their mind, and they put it on paper and they read it. Anyone can do this. You can read a verse and it can speak to your mind and you can write your, write your own declaration. And they're powerful. And what happens is whenever you have this declaration going forth, it's not just the words that come out of your mouth, it's the words that go in your ears. Because the truth is this, nothing happens in the kingdom realm without faith. And some of you can't change your negative words because you have no faith. You have no faith. And the reason you have no faith is you never hear the word of God. You don't read it. You don't speak it. And you seldom come to church and hear it. And so there's not enough in you to be able to overcome this negativity that's inside you. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. There's no other way faith comes. People say, well, if we could see miracles, we'd have faith. No, you wouldn't. You could see somebody raised from the dead and it wouldn't increase your faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's the word of God going in us, into our ears, and we have to hear it. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just in a goofy kind of way. I'm saying that when you learn to train yourself to speak God's word instead of the negative word, it changes things. People go to the doctor, they get a negative report. They speak that negative report all day long everywhere they go. Oh, the doctor told me I got this, I got this. I got a negative report, I got this, I got this. I'm not telling you to deny the negative report. It's, that's silliness. If you get a negative report, it's a negative report. I'm just saying this to you. If you know the Word of God, you know the negative report is not the end of the, end of the story. God's story ends very differently than your negative doctor report. I've, ha I've heard a lot of doctors say, you know, I don't know what happened. It had to be a miracle. I've heard a lot of doctors say that. They didn't believe the miracle before it happened, but they believed it after it happened. But the person that was healed believed God's word over believing the negative report. Lady in our church got severe form of cancer. Horrible, horrible diagnosis years ago. It was, it was an awful kind of cancer. It was very advanced. All kinds of awful symptoms. And I went to see her in the hospital, and the doctors had already told her, this is, this is bad, this is bleak. And I went into her room, and I thought, God, I was going in the room, I said, God, I just want a word of knowledge. I just want to know what to pray. I don't want to pray something that's not true, but I want to pray. I went in there, and I laid hands on her, and in my mind, God said, she won't die, she's strong, and she can beat this. I said, I'm going to believe that. And I just told her that word, and I prayed that word, and, and, and she's alive today. Amen. And she doesn't have cancer. Amen. Now, I don't think it's coincidence. I think it's the word of God that happened to be in my heart that I believe that I spoke to her that she believed, and guess what? Suddenly, the word of God trumped the negative report. It didn't change the report. It didn't like, oh, I deny that I have that. Don't deny it. David didn't deny Goliath. He just killed him. Because God's word was bigger than Goliath. That's just the way it works. And so we're going to say lots of declarations. And we're going to start right here with this one. This one's a little bit lengthy, but it's a good one to start with. And we're going to start with it, and we're going to declare it together, and we're going to hear these words so we're going to hopefully we can get these posted on our Facebook or our website and you can write them down in your journal and you can say them over yourself regularly, especially when you hear one that speaks to your heart. So let's stand together and let's just see this together. OK. You ready? OK. I dedicate myself by renewing my mind, by reading, meditating, speaking God's word. It is my desire to keep my mind pure and clear from anything that would hurt or awake, weaken me spiritually. I think on things that are pure and lovely, just and good report, virtuous and praiseworthy. I choose to think about good things and I refuse thoughts that are inappropriate. I cast down vain imaginations. I will not let doubt, worry, fear pollute my mind. I will be quick to respond to wrong thoughts and desires by replacing them with proper thoughts and by speaking God's word over my life. I refuse to fill my mind with the poison of gossip, backbiting, and jealousy. I will guard and protect my mind by not watching, reading, listening to anything that is not pleasing to the Lord. I will make a quality decision to meditate on God's word and keep my mind pure and undefiled that I might be receptive to God's voice and ever ready to do His will. Amen. Amen.
Powerful, powerful words. You can sit down. See, that, that's what you do. Is you, you read God's Word. It turns into something that speaks God's Word back to you. And if you go to these verses that were on the screen at first, you'll realize that these words are nothing more than reading those verses and turning them into words that mean something for you. It goes into your ear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Suddenly your faith increases. Suddenly you're able to do something you weren't able to do before. This is an important element because of this out of the abundance of your heart your mouth speaks if your heart is full of wickedness or disbelief or doubt you're not going to be able to help yourself i've had people over the years tell me i just can't seem to help myself my mouth i just lose my temper and woo, it just comes out you know i can't stop cussing i can't stop using the lord's name in vain I'm around people that cuss all day, and I just pick it up, and I just can't help myself. I just want to tell you this. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You don't have a speech problem. You have a faith problem. You have a belief problem. You have something in your heart that's not full of God's Word, and it is just spilling over. You may have filled your, your, mind, your heart up with too much of the world's jargon. You may have filled up your heart with too much pessimism. You may be feeding your mind and your heart with too much stuff that puts doubt inside of your heart. Your heart may be full of stuff that thinks, oh, this is goofiness. That means that you have fed yourself a bunch of goofiness that has caused God's Word to have no effect in your life. You must allow God to refill your heart with His Word. With His Word. So that when you open your mouth, what spills out is goodness, is faith. When people have a bad report, you have God's words report. When people have a negative thing about the politics, you have God's word about it. When people have negative things about life or negative things about your neighbor or negative things about anything, you have God's answer because it's out of your heart. There's a spillover of God's truth. You become that positive person that can change ugliness into goodness. You become the person with a soft answer that can turn away wrath. what it does this is one of my favorite verses out of Hebrews 10 it says for us to hold fast that means you have faith you don't let go of your confession what confession what's a confession well the confession is simple the word is Greek it means it, the, the Greek word is homologia it's, it's a combination of two Greek words homo means same Logia means word. It means you hold on to the confession that's the same as the Logos word of God, the written word of God. That's your confession. You hold on to the, because there's times in your life when you're going to be wanting your life to change and it's not going to be happening fast enough and you're going to need to hang on to God's word and his confession. That is how you see things change without wavering. Why? Because he's faithful he promised it, and he will do it. How do you know he promised it? Because I've read it in his word. I've heard it in my spiritual ears. I've heard God speak it. She shall not die. She's strong enough to get through this. He is faithful. So I hold on to that confession through that year of treatment that she went through. I held on to that word in my own heart, and I spoke it to her several times. I did not waver because I knew God was a truth teller. And I've happened to this... This has happened to me over the 40-something years I've walked with the Lord. 
I can't tell you how many times God has spoken a word to me and it's come to pass. I may not have seen it come to pass in the first three months, but it comes to pass. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when he speaks that word to me or I read that word and it speaks to my heart, it's in me and that becomes faith. And when I have faith, I hang on because I know that this verse is true. Without wavering, I'm not backing up because that's what God's told us. It's the truth and we hold fast to it. Some of you may have heard all kinds of negative things in your life and your heart might be filled with all kinds of fear and doubt. You may have heard things that were really negative spoken over your family. Um, word curses. You know, all, everybody in my family gets cancer, so I'm going to get cancer, you know. There was, there was a curse spoken over my family. You see, because people's words are so, so powerful. Somebody years ago, I don't know who did it, but no doubt in my mind that a curse was spoken over my family. I did a funeral yesterday, and it was at Lano, and after the funeral was over, I took the occasion to walk over and visit my family. They're all buried in Lano. Every one of them died younger than I am today. 64, 59, 48, and 45. They're all dead. They're all out there. And you can't tell me that that's not the result of something negative because I know that's not God's will. But I can tell you this, that that curse doesn't have the last word. God's word has the last word. And I'm not going to believe it. And I'm going to believe for a word that's far beyond that because I feel like God's spoken to me about the very years that I'm going to die. I feel like he's given me that grace and to let me know. And so I'm hanging on to that without, without wavering. Because that's the truth in my mind. Not going out to the cemetery and saying, well, I wonder when I'm going. But a lot of you have believed that. A lot of you have bought into that. You've been in generational poverty and you think you'll never get out because everybody's been on welfare and you'll never get out. And I'll just tell you, that's a lie. You know, everybody in your family's got cancer or everybody in your family dies early or everybody in your family has this. Some of you are even saying, well, I'm a drug addict because my parents were. I'm an alcoholic because my parents were. I have these tendencies. I'm immoral because my parents were. I'm an adulterer. I mean, all of that stuff, generational iniquities. We're not bound by that. That's not the final word. Is it real? Yes, it's absolutely real because negative words can have negative effect on families and things can be cursed. But you... The crown of creation, God's born-again children, have been given the gift of speaking God's word over the situation, changing it, breaking the curse off your kids, off your grandkids, off everyone. You are the stopping block. It stops here. No one in our family will ever go back to jail. No one in our family will ever be drug addicted. No one in our family is going to be addicted to alcohol. I'm going to stand up because I'm going to be the one that's the gatekeeper, and I'm going to stop it. That's what we do. It's a gift, but we have to believe. It can't be silly words or you'll get trampled in the dirt. You've got to have God's word in your heart. You've got to have truth in your heart. And then you've got to stand up and hold on to it without wavering. That's called faith, regardless of what you see or don't see. Because God can change your world. He can change your whole family's world. And so we're going to end with one last confession here. So I want you to stand one more time. No, 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 wait, wait before you stand. Let's do this a little different. I don't want you to stand unless 
someone has spoken something over your life that's a generational curse. Because this particular declaration has to do with generational curses. And if you've been cursed, if you've heard words that make you think, everybody in my family's got an anger problem, I have an anger problem, I don't, I don't care what it is they've spoken over you, if there's some generational curse that you've believed, that you've given a place into your heart, I want you to stand up because this is going to be talking about sickness and disease a lot. You can insert any word curse, any kind of curse there is out there in this declaration. But this one talks about disease a lot. And I'm telling you, you're not bound. You're not cursed. And actually, when God blesses you and you begin to walk in the full blessing of God, it's impossible for Satan to curse what God has blessed. I don't know if you know that. I'd rather get into the blessing flow and get out of the curse. And that's what we're going to do today. So let's, if, you, if you have a generational curse spoken over you and you really want freedom from that, stand up with me and say this. Say this with me, and you can insert your particular thing into any one of these deals that say sickness or, or illness. Are you ready? Okay, let's say it together. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. That means the law of the life of Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Sickness is a curse. And by the power of the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, I have been set free from the curse of sickness. Sickness, you have no right to stay in my body. The chains and the bonds of sickness and disease have been broken over my life. Through Christ Jesus, they have no power to hurt me or harm me. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Power of words. They're so powerful. And this whole next six weeks... We're going to be doing a lot of these, and we're going to be talking a lot about how we can bless our finances, how we can bless our health, how we can bless our mental health, how we can speak depression away, how we can begin to believe for God's word and not the report of what we've heard. And it's going to change our life, I promise you. I just want you to make this commitment. I want you to pick up your book. I want you to really commit to doing this because it can be life-changing, and it can help you to get someplace down the road and step out of some of this stuff that we've been bound by for so long. So, ministry team, if you'll come up, you can come up for prayer today about anything. Uh, it may be about words. You may want your heart changed. You may need somebody to pray over you and agree over you for God to baptize you in his Holy Spirit and just begin to change your heart. Um, you may want someone to pray over you about helping you to be able to bridle your tongue or to speak life-giving words. I don't know what it is. Uh, but anything you need prayer for today, we want to be here for you. Um, this is another, it's interesting how God laid this out because we didn't plan it. Wednesday and Sunday, two ministry services back to back when we start this thing. I agree with Krista. Let's, let's come to these. Let's come and let's be here and let's see God set us free. Yeah. And, and this, these ministry times are designed for that, more time. We have, what, 10, 15 minutes here at the end of the service Come on those nights. We have an hour, hour and a half. It can, God can really rock your world. So we're asking you to come and asking you to come in faith and see God do a work. So let's stand up. And if you need prayer, we invite you to come up. But let me pray over, the, pray over you. God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for this word. I thank you, God, that it means so much to us that you've given us the authority to change our life. Lord, let us see the responsibility that that carries.
Let us know, God, that we have a great, great responsibility to use wisdom in our homes, speaking to our children, speaking to our spouse, speaking to our coworkers. God, let our words match your word. And God, if you put faith in our heart, even if we don't see it, even if we've not seen the healing, we've not seen the deliverance, we're going to go without wavering. We're going to hang on to your word because your word is true. And you are faithful and you are good and you only give good gifts. And we pray in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Come get prayer if you need it.